Alas, it's the final Wednesday of October, the 28th day of the month, and then we'll only have 64 days left in 2020. This is the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter and Newscast for this day. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host for the next several minutes of Soundbites Without Sass. Before we begin today's program, I wanted to mention that Decades Arcade will have a costume contest and scavenger hunt for Halloween this Friday and Saturday. Details are in an Instagram post in the newsletter. Visit DecadesArcade.com for more information on how you can book and for their COVID-19 rules. You'll also learn that for $200, you can rent the place for two hours for a private party. Visit DecadesArcade.com. The Virginia Department of Health reports another 1,345 new cases of COVID-19 in the Commonwealth today, or a seven-day average of 1,140 daily cases. The percent positivity rating for PCR tests has increased to 5.1% from 5% yesterday. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are another 31 cases, with 15 from Albemarle, 9 from Charlottesville, 3 from Louisa, 2 from Bluvanna, 1 from Green, and 1 from Nelson. The percent positivity rating for PCR tests is at 2.7% today, up from 2.4% on Monday. The seven-day average for new cases in the district is 30. The University of Virginia had 56 active cases listed on their dashboard as of yesterday afternoon, with 42 of those students. 4% of quarantine rooms are in use, as are 2% of isolation rooms. Later on today, Dr. Denise Bonds of the Blue Ridge Health District will address the issue at a joint meeting of Charlottesville City Council, Albemarle Board of Supervisors, and top UVA officials. The Virginia Department of Transportation is expecting to begin the first phase of construction work at Interstate 64's Exit 124 this December. The traditional intersection is being reconfigured into a Diverging Diamond Interchange, or DDI, which allows for higher traffic volumes. Here's a quote from VDOT's webpage. The DDI improves safety by reducing the number of spots where vehicles could collide and can handle more than 600 left turn movements per hour twice the capacity of a conventional interchange. VDOT constructed a DDI at Zion Crossroads in 2014, and the Commonwealth Transportation Board approved this project in the second smart-scale funding round. This project and five others are being built by Curtis Contracting of West Point on a $28.5 million design-build contract. VDOT officials gave details last night to the Pantops Community Advisory Committee. The first phase will be mostly in the medians. Steve Ordung is the project manager with Curtis Contracting. The real meat of the project is going to happen in phases two and three. So that construction will likely ongo for the entire peak construction season next summer into fall. Uh, the work itself will be uh, at night if it requires any lane restriction other than the, the normal traffic flow that goes through that intersection. The, the restrictions are from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, likely will happen Sunday evening through Thursday evening. Other projects that Curtis is working on as part of the contract include a roundabout at 151 and US 250 and another at Route 20 and Profit Road. The Greene County Board of Supervisors and the Rapidan Service Authority are in a legal battle over the future of the community's water supply plan. 
This summer, the RSA refused to proceed with a plan by Greene County to build a new reservoir. Mark B. Taylor is the county administrator. Greene County has a, a, a solid approved water supply plan um, to provide for our future and made agreement in 2005 uh, with the Rapid Ann Service Authority, our regional uh, water and sewer um, operator, to build our future water supply consistent with our approved regional uh, 50-year water supply plan for our community. However, the Orange and Madison members of the board voted against Green and opted to stop charging facility fees that Green was counting on to pay for the project, which had an estimated cost between $45 million and $60 million. Green officials asked to leave the RSA, but were denied. The RSA then denied the ability of Green to participate in the RSA meetings. The decision to not release us from the RSA partnership, but to uh, refuse to allow us to speak at RSA board meetings and refuse to allow us to vote, put us in a um, regrettable prisoner status as a member of RSA. We're still a member, but the chairman of their board says they've cut ties with us. Taylor said Green has spent millions to move the project forward, including purchasing land and purchasing stream credits to comply with terms of the permit approved by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. That permit is valid through September 12, 2022. The two parties are now in litigation over the matter. The Green County Board of Supervisors also heard about efforts by the Rappahannock Electric Cooperative to bring broadband internet to its customers in rural areas. John Hua is president and CEO of the REC. This was a big issue before the coronavirus hit. It's become a, a massive issue. About a year and a half ago, we launched a, a fiber backbone project. Hua said there is a potential chance for investment from the U.S. government. On Thursday, the Federal Communications Commission will hold an auction for phase one of something called the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund. The public notice for the auction states that the auction will award up to $16 billion over 10 years to service providers that commit to offer voice and broadband services in fixed locations in eligible unserved high-cost census blocks. Hewis said there was not much more he could say, but that REC would be participating. We very much want to be part of the solution uh, for our counties in terms of the broadband needs. And, um, and, and we remain um, very focused on, on this issue. The Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority is spending nearly $2 million on new lights at the Moores Creek Wastewater Treatment Plant to become compliant with Albemarle County's zoning ordinance. Scott Schiller is the engineering manager for RWSA, and he delivered a construction update to the board of directors yesterday. The facility is well lit. Um, unfortunately, it is also well lit by some stadium-type lighting, uh, which is not uh, in accordance with county regulations and needs to be modified. Those stadium lights will be replaced with what are known as full cutoff fixtures that help prevent light pollution and sky glow. Today in meetings, as mentioned, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors, Charlottesville City Council, and top university officials will meet at 2 p.m. for a joint meeting with a focus on equity. 
Albemarle County will convene a panel discussion on glass recycling at 3, the Albemarle Broadband Authority meets at 5, and the Nelson County Planning Commission meets at 7. Links to all of those agendas are in the newsletter. And that's it for another episode of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast and Newsletter. This is supported by listeners such as yourself or readers such as yourself, depending on which way you like to hear or experience the program. You can make a donation or contribution through Patreon. You can subscribe to the letter in Substack uh, and pay a fee if, and pay for a little bit of extra content. Or you can send me just a payment of whatever you want through Venmo. Either way, it goes to building this service for the community. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'll be back again tomorrow with another installment of the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newsletter. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. 